The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Lots and lots of money. It is a Tuesday at 2.30, so we're a day late and a half hour or an hour early. But Gina, it is time for... The Hoot! It is time for the hoot with uh, with our friend Todd Hirsch, the senior economist over there at ATB Financial. Hey, Todd. Hey, how are you? Good. You have a great long weekend. Very nice. I did a lot of sleeping and a lot of reading, actually, over the long weekend. So good. it was beautiful. Do I want to know what you were reading? Were you reading good books or were you reading, um, you know, economic policy documents? No, actually, I was reading a book called The Stop, which is about community kitchens and bringing communities together through eating and preparing and growing food. Oh, it's actually cool. a really interesting book. One of the things that I do enjoy about um, your Twitter feed is you are a foodie. You like you I like going out and, and, and checking, <laughs> checking that stuff out. I do like food. <laughs> There's no denying that. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, um, at least it doesn't sound like that, that, one, that book would put you to sleep um, compared to some of the financial documents. But, yeah, that's what you love. Um, uh, life's too short to read those. Yeah, well, especially when you have to do it at work all the time. So Statistics Canada released um, the 2016 census data, new uh, data on uh, Canadian household living arrangements. It was last last week. We talked about yeah. it a little bit on this show. So, And it, it, one of the... the interesting numbers was, um, or one of the little factoids that came out, it was talking about people who live alone. And Alberta had the lowest rate in the country, what, 24%. Other provinces, especially Quebec, higher around 30 uh, to, to 35%. And that's your topic today uh, for the hoot. Um, Want to start with why Alberta has such a low rate of single person households? Yeah, well, I was really fascinated anytime there's uh, new uh, census data that comes out. It sort of comes out in drips and drafts, mm-hmm. but we did see this uh, household uh, occupancy numbers last week. And I was fascinated because Alberta always tends to be uh, a bit of an outlier, usually an extreme high or low. And in this case, it was not a disappointment. We were the lowest in the country in terms of the rate of single household occupants. So only 24% of Albertans live alone. Now, it's important to keep in mind that number has been increasing in Alberta. It's been increasing everywhere across the country. But at this point, Alberta, we still have the lowest rate of single household or single individual households. And there is an economic uh, component absolutely to this. Well, a couple of things. Let's go back to the the demographics of it. Why do we have um, so many people living alone? The biggest factor is, as you alluded to, the demographics. Uh, So Alberta, we have the youngest population in the country, and we have the lowest rate of senior citizens. So other provinces where the population skews uh, towards seniors skews higher, Mm -hmm. more retired people, say, for example, in British Columbia, uh, out on the East Coast, uh, senior citizens disproportionately tend to live alone. So just the fact that Alberta's population is younger and we have proportionately fewer seniors, that already skews Alberta's uh, figures downward for the number of households made up of one person. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting over the next uh, number of years as our population does start to age nationally, um, you know, how how that's going to impact a number of... Well, you know, you talk about economic implications um, of people living alone or an aging or an aging population. It's there's probably a lot to talk about there. 
Well, that's right. And even in Alberta, so we talk about Alberta having the lowest rate. Our rate here in Alberta has been climbing like it's been climbing everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Alberta, we do have the youngest population. But even in Alberta, our population has been aging compared to where it was, say, 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. So that rate of households and individuals has been increasing even here in Alberta, even though we're still the lowest in the country. But the other economic piece of it is the fact that wages... Uh, in Alberta, and this is a topic we've talked about on the Hoot a lot. Even through the nastiest recession we've seen in 30 years, average weekly earnings in Alberta have been the highest mm-hmm. in the country for those people who have been lucky enough to keep working yeah. anyway. And that actually allows more of those individuals to remain living alone. And it's also important to recognize living alone, it could be good, it could be bad. I mean, it's it's negative if you're living in isolation mm-hmm. and you don't have social context, you don't have people around you supporting you. But a lot of other people uh, enjoy living alone, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, because I, wages are yeah. higher in Alberta, they can generally afford to. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed living alone um, when I had the chance to do so. Of course, I enjoy living with my husband now, but in in between my, uh, my marriages, that time of living alone, there's something about coming home to a place that's just yours. You sit down, do what you want. Um, you know, and, and if and if your you know wage is okay, you don't have to worry about you know the rent or anything like that. It's um. It's a different world. I want to just circle back around here, and I'm going to throw this at you, but when talking about the aging population, as we look over the next 20 or 30 years, has there been much research done or you know, looking into what an aging population means for Canada's economy? Well, yeah, this is a topic that uh, also has come up. And my, my co-worker, Rob Roach, he and I have, have both done a lot of work on what some of these changing demographics mean, especially the fact that uh, I think already there's more, um, what is it, there's more people over the age of 65 than there are under mm-hmm. the age of 15. Or some, we, we've crossed a line to the point now where there are more nationally, there are more senior citizens than there are children. That definitely has economic implications for one for uh, the government because generally we all tend to use more healthcare dollars mm-hmm. as we age. Uh, but on the other, on the, on the, I guess the positive side, uh, senior citizens are tending to be healthier. They're tending to live longer. They're tending to stay attached to the workforce longer. Sometimes in role of mentorship, they may not always want to be working, you know, 50 or 60 hours a week, but uh, there is a, a greater percentage of seniors working in the, in the, uh, labor market, and that is positive. That mm-hmm. actually uh, creates um, a stronger tax base and uh, prevents people from living in isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's Todd Hirsch uh, in our weekly segment, the her the hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the hoot. Some, sometimes it's hurt over the past couple of years as we've looked at uh, the economy and, and what is happening. One thing that jumped out at me um, with the owl this week, and I didn't mention that I wanted to talk to you about this, but um, it was um, the owl from Thursday talking about uh, the beef producers facing another hurdle in the province. Yeah, and that is uh, the, the sanctions that, or that the tariffs that the Japanese have now put on imported beef. And it's one of these uh, good... Um, I guess, arguments for why Canada needs to have more free trade agreements in place with countries like Japan. If we had a bilateral trade agreement with Japan in place today, we would not be subject to these tariffs. The Japanese are really targeting America. 
Um, but Canada, because we don't have a trade agreement with Japan, we're sort of collateral damage in this. And now uh, cattle and beef exports to Japan are facing up to 50% tariff. Mm. Okay. Now, someone might say, well, we don't actually export a whole lot of beef to Japan uh, anyway, so is this a big catastrophe? Uh, on the surface, that is true. We, I mean, we don't export that much, but it's not good because we are starting to lose opportunities abroad for our exports at a time, in fact, when we should be not obviously turning our backs on America. That is our largest export market, absolutely. But we really need to be focusing on increasing our export markets to other countries like Japan. And now we're seeing uh, the results of not having some of those trade agreements in place. All righty. That's Todd Hurst joining us this afternoon. Todd, thanks for this. Um, Andrew, it'll be you and Andrew next week. Prepare yourself. All right. Well, thanks. I hope you're uh, going to... Are you going on a vacation? I hope you're going somewhere nice. Uh, well, Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> oh, well... It should be lovely there. Yeah, well, it's um, it's it's home. It's home, right? So it's yeah. where uh, you, know, my family, all of my parents uh, are, and their and my, so my step parents, my parents, and everyone is living there now. So it'll be nice to get uh, seeing them all. So you take it easy, and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Jalen. Bye bye. Thank you. It's Todd Hirsch, senior economist at ATB Financial. Um, you can always uh, sign up for his uh, weekly or daily at times uh, newsletter. You just go to his website, just Google Todd Hirsch. And if you want to get these little updates that come out from ATB Financial called The Owl, again, you can go to um, the ATB Financial website and, and, and Google The Owl. And, and they're all right there. And there's really interesting things that comes out. Like, for example, this one saying beef producers, you know, face another hurdle. July's job report, a flop. So it's just a breakdown kind of on some daily uh, economic stuff if, uh, if you're into that. Let's do this. It's 2.45 on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. Like a rhinestone cowboy Well, some sad news from the entertainment world this afternoon. Glenn Campbell, the grinning, high-pitched entertainer, had hits like Rhinestone Cowboy and a career that spanned country music, pop, television, and movies has passed away. He was 81 years of age. Uh, his publicist, Sandy Brokaw, says the singer died this morning in Nashville. No cause has been given, but we do know that he has been, he had been um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in June of 2011, and it was only at the early stages at that time. Of course, he was one of the biggest stars of the late 1960s and the 70s. He sold more than 45 million records. He had 12 gold albums, 75 chart hits. He starred with John Wayne in the 1969 movie True Grit, which had a weekly audience of some 50 million for the uh, uh, Glen Campbell Good Time Hour. That was on CBS from 69 to 72. Glen Campbell has passed away. He'd been living full-time at a Nashville memory care facility. Uh, was taken, being taken, taken care of by a family friend and a personal sitter named Brody, along with his main caregiver and his wife, Kim. You'll remember that documentary um, back in 2015. It was the uh, Glen Campbell I'll Be Me, which followed the singer and his family on that 2011 tour as his memory was declining. 
Universal Studios will be um, releasing the singer's final studio album called uh, Adios. It was uh, recorded back in 2012. They have asked that in lieu of flowers, donations can be made to the Glen Campbell Memorial Fund at Bright Focus Foundation through the careliving.org donation page. Glen Campbell has uh, died, passed away at the age of 81. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Oh man, yeah, and he played on hundreds of hits as a session guy. Yeah, he sure did. Um, I was reading down here. Yeah, listen, um, it was uh, before hitting it big as a solo recording, recording artist. Was a studio musician in the early 60s, played on recordings by Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, The Monkees, Merle Haggard, Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra, Phil Spector. He even toured as a member of the Beach Boys, filling in for Brian Wilson. Didn't know this. Filling in for Brian Wilson from late 1964 to March of 1965. Wow. You know, something else. And look at the list of names that uh, went along with who he played with. Glenn Campbell passed away at the age of 81. And as you remember that Rhinestone Cowboy song, it is one of those ones that come on and I think every single one of us starts singing along. And you, you can't help it. You, you, you kind of mumble through some of the words because you're like, I think I know all of the words, <laughs> exactly. but you don't. But yeah, and it that that song has such a a feel to it mm-hmm. um, and I love music that has a great feel to it and again it's it's oftentimes a very personal thing what you connect with we've been Lately, um, I finally caved to the Apple Music thing on my iPhone. So it was that three months of unlimited, whatever, three months free. And and they recommend different soundtracks and, and different genres to you. And you can pull up, oh my gosh, I haven't heard... Um, Ray LaMontagne in, in ages, so I'm going to just pull it up and, and up it comes. Or uh, George Winston is one of my favorite piano players, and I used to listen to all of his music. I had out, like well, He's phenomenal, CD too. after CD of it when I was, you know, when we all had CDs. And I t- I'd totally forgotten about it, and I put it on the other day for, and, and, and said to my husband, listen to this. He's like, what is this? And then he's like, I remember this when I had my crazy, like, 200 CD changer. Yeah, and it was just nice to take that stroll back down memory lane, but then, you know, finding out some some other different music and trying it out. I know Morley had told us, Morley Scott was saying that with it, he's kind of embarking into other areas, other music as well that he might not listen to, maybe a little bit more blues or R&B and soul and, and that sort of stuff. I had a playlist for Coco Taylor come up the other day, and I love Coco Taylor, but most people are like, who the heck is Coco Taylor? Um, but Coco Taylor, for me, takes me back to a club in New Orleans called DBA, um, and one song is called Beer Bottle Boogie, and it's just one of those songs, when you hear it, it immediately takes you back. Do you have a song that does that for you when you when you hear it it is so strongly attached to a memory and it can be a good memory it can be a a a bad memory how about this one for a bad memory um of course now i can't remember the song it was um who sings the lady krista berg song it's a krista berg song lady in red no it's another one 
But anyway, it reminds me of uh, when my parents divorced. Uh, and Howard Jones, the night that my parents came home and told us that, you know, that they were splitting up, my brother went to his room and played the Howard Jones, remember him? Album over and over it, and... Don't Pay the Ferryman? Over and... No, I, just, I can't remember. I can't remember what it is, but no, that's, that's, that's okay. But those songs that just take you back into that time, that space... And just capture a wonderful or maybe a sad or funny moment. And I think probably Rhinestone Cowboy, Glenn Campbell's tune, might be that for some people. Someone says, too many songs to mention for him. Yeah. Do you have a song that takes you right back? I'm just trying to think. Well, the, the weird thing is when you said that, the first thing that pops in my head, and it's a song from my childhood, it's Poor Boy Boogie by Mac Davis. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's just a, yeah. and I don't know why, but that just pops in my head. Yeah. And it's just a happy little tune that he does. Yeah, you know, that's the, this, mm, is, this mm, is a weird one. My dad mm, had um, all sorts of vinyl, tune. like either the big albums, yeah. but um, the 45s. And so when I was a kid on my on my record player, put them on because I hadn't heard any of this stuff, but things like um, Big Bad John. Yeah. Big Bad. Is yeah. it Big Bad John? Yeah, Big Bad John. Mm. That one. And Bebop Alula. Oh, that's a great, you know, yeah, but, and, you know, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Polka Dot Bikini, these songs, which were way before my time. That's Marty, um, what you call it? Yeah. But yeah. But all of that. And, 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 and so you hear some of that and that takes me back to, you know, my, my, my bedroom at 31 Robertson Lane in Belleville, Ontario. Um, memory, is an amazing thing. Music is a very, very, um, powerful thing. Well, and Johnny Cash. I mean, any time, any Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Dave, Cash will take Dave me M. Back. says uh, Harry Chapin Taxi is, is his. And someone else says Glenn Campbell was an integral part of a group of session musicians known as the Wrecking Crew. This group played on 90% of all albums released from the early 60s to the early 70s, all genres of music out of Los Angeles. Look up the documentary on Netflix. Absolutely amazing. We'll absolutely uh, do that. I, I hope it's not too hard uh, to watch, but yeah, I would love to see that. I have a lot of those old albums at home, but now I'm going to go, I'm go, gonna go home and it. actually look at them yeah. and see how many Glenn Campbell played on <laughs> how about this one put me in coach center field 1985 i met my forever love and wife that's their song that just takes you back to that moment uh hot smoke and sassafras by bubbly puppy okay i'm gonna have to look up that one and how about this one yeah one sweet day mariah carey and boys to men i was 17 and i lost my friend to a car accident they played it at her funeral mm. <sighs> music's a powerful thing isn't it uh we'll take a break here for the three o'clock news um one of the memories, music-wise, and it ties in to our next guest, was being at uh, Juno Beach when they opened the Juno Beach Center, and they had set up little speakers on the sand, and all these old vets and their wives and their partners were dancing to um, uh, the White Cliffs of Dover, and when the bluebirds fly... Well, coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, our good friend on this show, author, military historian, Ted Barris, joining us. We'll talk about his book, Breaking the Silence, and what he's doing in town out at Festival Place once again. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.